Hi, I'm Eric Dewey. And this is Steve O'Mooney. And I'm Matthew Renfro. And we're Socially Awkward. You're listening to another great production on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Check out more shows at foureyedradio.com. Hello and welcome to Ballpark Bros. It's our second episode. We're back with you here on another Monday afternoon type thing. No, it's late morning. You're late morning. I'm Mike, that's Tom. With us is friend of the show, David Dargartz. Yep. And we are welcoming into the studio special guest and golf correspondent, Alex Boberg. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, hey Bob's here. <laughs> uh, so we're going to dive right into the reason we have Alex here so we can usher him out of the studio quickly. Yeah, please. Uh, this past weekend, U.S. took on Europe in the Ryder Cup. Uh, U.S. came away with the victory, a uh, pretty decisive victory, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say pretty decisive, especially given the uh, previous about six Ryder Cups or so, they've been dominated by Europe. Uh, this one was a lot of back and forth, though. Uh, it could have gone either way, um, depending on some uh, breaks here and there and some, some key shots here and there. But uh, the important thing is, yeah, the U.S. did end up with the W. Yes, uh, they got out to a great lead day one. Uh, Spieth and Reed, Mickelson and Fowler, Walker and Zach Johnson. And uh, is it David Johnson or, uh, Dustin, or Johnson. Dustin Johnson? I'm sorry. And Cooker or Kucher on uh, on day one all won their all won their matches. Um, jumped out to a quick 4-0 lead in the morning. Kind of evaporated there in the second half of the day. Yeah, it did uh, having the sweep was big. Uh, given the second half uh, when they played four ball, um, they did they did drop uh, three of the four there. Uh, but having the the first uh, four points go to them um, was huge and carrying over to that uh, second half of the afternoon. Um, we had uh, that uh, Spieth and Reed uh, pair was stood out um, in the whole tournament. They were they were huge. Um, a lot of a lot of energy in them. A lot of fist pumps, uh, high fiving going on there. Um, that was just great to see for the sport. Uh, the gallery was real loud for the U.S., which helped them, I think, um, sweep Europe in that first uh, part of the day. Now, the crowd did play a huge part in that. The uh, Spieth-Reed pairing did fall apart a little bit the second day, though. Yeah, not yeah, as strong did. of a showing there. Yeah, they did. Uh, we had we had them. Um, going there's they're still are, are right for the most part but yeah they had about a five period uh whole struggle there and it it did not help that uh they they blew it in the end to have um that kind of felt like a win for europe right because they had such a big lead to start there uh, but yeah they they really did blow it towards the end but for the i'd, I'd still say that they're the most solid pairing oh definitely um, but yeah the they US, but. did definitely fall apart there on day two a little bit um day three for me was was the huge part of the win for the u.s um you know you had seven seven wins in uh in the singles matches and mickelson halved that amazing match with garcia uh, that was that was the match of the weekend as far as i was concerned you had 10 birdies from phil and nine from garcia just an amazing match and it it, it felt like at the end it deserved to be halved yeah, definitely. Um, I'm I'm one who who roots against Garcia. I don't like him. Uh, <laughs> he's he's had the racist comments in the past against yeah, Tiger Woods, right. um, and that that really lost my respect for him. But I will have to say he he will go down in history as one of the best Ryder Cup players of all time. Um, he just really comes together when it comes to the Ryder Cup and sinks key putts. So that was huge for for a U.S. favorite, Phil Mickelson, to uh, be able to keep up with him. Yeah. Um, and 
be able to have that match because yeah if he starts going down and players look at the leaderboard and see that uh, Garcia's winning Europe could have had some more fire and maybe could have taken a, a couple more rounds because that was a that was a big back and forth uh, on those singles um, I know there was one point early um, in the nine holes where Europe had about six leads and the U.S. only had one so that really easily could have gone the other way if the U.S. didn't uh, make some shots and get back in it yeah, they definitely definitely finished strong on that um but the Mickelson Garcia match, um, I do I do think a lot of the American players took notice of what Phil was doing. Yeah, absolutely they did. Um, as Phil being the veteran that he is um, and such a nice guy, all the players uh, like to go to him for advice and look up to him. Um, and a lot of the, the younger players uh, probably grew up watching Phil play. Um, yeah. So that was probably huge for them to, to feed off of his energy and go in and play their best as well. Definitely. I uh, yeah, we we said on the first show uh, the three of us are not are not golf guys at all. But uh, some of my earliest memories of golf are of uh, Phil Mickelson playing. Um, I always I always thought he was peculiar because he was left-handed and not many golfers are. Um, but always been one of my favorites in the sport and uh, good to see him play well like that. I would say his play and his his leadership more than anything else. Uh, was one of the keys to U.S.'s victory. Um, I had also thought that Reed's play along alongside Spieth and um, against Rory McIlroy at uh, in the singles matches, I think that was a huge key to the U.S.'s victory as well. And also, you had Garcia and Westwood missing putts on Saturday evening. Yeah, that probably could have given them given them some wins there towards the end. But uh, all in all, it was a good weekend for U.S. golf and. Uh, great solid win. Yeah, absolutely was. Um, I do want to note um, that the the Seneker uh, Kepka uh, pairing, um, which probably most people wouldn't read too much into. It's not like the, either of them are superstars, but um, on on day two, um, they really they really came together and got a key win for the U.S. Uh, otherwise, Europe uh, would have been much more in it. It would have almost been tied going into day three. Yeah. Um, so that was huge that they both sunk some putts towards the end there to to pull out with a win. Um, and then yeah, Dustin Johnson as well um, saw today when I was looking at some pictures of the the aftermath, and it seems he dates uh, Paulina Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's daughter. Really? Yeah. Now so, I'm interested. So good for DJ. Here's good David for, for golf. Ugh. This is why you golf in high school, folks. Grow up to be DJ. Um, it, it was nice to see uh, who's it more got the winning point. And being the last pick, he wasn't oh, even. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were talking on the broadcast. He wasn't even fitted for a uniform. Uh, that's why some of his shirts were a little bit baggier than the rest of the guys. And just last man in. And nice to see him take it home for the U.S. Yep, Moore and Holmes were 11 and 12 yeah. um, with the captain's picks. And I'd also like to uh, give credit to the captain, Davis Love the third, and uh, vice captain, Tiger Woods there. They did a, a really good job at um, being tacticians for this and putting together the right pairs and uh, showing them, showing the players how to attack the golf course to, to get some good scores on the board. They sure did. Yep. Excellent weekend in golf. Thank you, Alex. Yep, thank you. All right, we're going to head over to the world of the NFL right now. Um, I teased this over on our Facebook uh, earlier uh, last week, which, again, check us out on Facebook, Ballpark Bros. Give us a like. Um, we're trying to put out some good content every single day. Um, we uh, like to tease some of, the, some of the stories we'll have on next week's show, as well as offer up our opinions on different things going on in the world of sports. Um, and you can also check us out over on the Twitter at 4E Ballpark Bros. Uh, active over there as well. Not as active, but still putting out the content. Uh, so the story that I was teasing over on Facebook, um, Carson Wentz, guys. He's been uh, 
getting a lot of love from well pretty much everybody pretty much everybody his, yeah. his yeah. own coach has compared him to brett Favre, peyton manning and aaron Rodgers. um are we going a little bit overboard on carson wentz well um <laughs> i'd like to say yes but um he's he's producing he's doing well he's he's really done well these first three weeks of the season but we're already comparing him to two hall of two hall of famers and well, one who's well on his way i don't get the comparisons to brett Favre because he hasn't thrown any ill-timed interceptions yet <laughs> they uh, weren't all ill-timed a lot of them came at well i mean any interceptions ill time but they were from the beginning of the game until the end of the game one of the things that i think about the coach saying that is um he's also trying to get you got to get the fan base excited too with the eagles mm-hmm. i mean they've had so much disappointment um you know failed experiment after failed experiment at quarterback and running back and other positions too um so even if it's not true that carson wentz is as good as these guys or will ever be as good as these guys it's it's exciting for for him to hear that and for the fans to hear that and for the teammates to hear that too so you know they have the spotlight right now so they're gonna use that up yeah try to get more of it there is definitely a place for that kind of talk and uh, you know i do understand trying to light a fire and everything like that but it's not really just the coach i mean every time somebody writes an article about it he's getting compared to one of these guys and it just, it seems a little bit premature he's played three games you know and yeah. if, if we were going to go on that you know rob johnson in his game for the jacksonville jaguars should have been a hall of famer before he ever signed the contract with the buffalo bills so yeah well thankfully uh thankfully we're hearing all of this uh about about a good quarterback versus what we've heard in the past yeah. i mean let's look at some other eagles tim tebow yeah <laughs> um so you know we're we're at least hearing this from a guy who who really actually has success and doesn't look to be like a flash in a pan like his his play isn't um i guess a gimmick in ways that we've seen a lot of these other guys who've been drummed up like this before right well um i mean if you you just look at the way he plays and he's he's even just 3 games in he's so confident on the ball and making good downfield decisions he's not uh, he's not coughing it up. He's not throwing the ball away every other pass. And he certainly does look like he's, you know, in it for a while now. He's he's going to be here for a while. Yeah, no, I, he he definitely deserves the praise. I, just, I think we're going a little bit overboard already. And, I mean, he's not even a surefire lock for the Rookie of the Year award. I mean, you got a guy like Will Fuller down in Houston doing the things that he's doing. And, you know, it's it's not even clear cut that Wentz is the best player in his class right now. So I, I think it's just a little bit premature. I do think that uh, them having this bye week early on helped cool that a little bit. So uh, hopefully everybody can be a little bit more rational moving forward on their uh, assessments of Carson Wentz. Well, but then you have people who will refuse to be rational and just keep on saying what they say. John Gruden, Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith. Eagles fan base. Hey, hey. there we go. All right, well, that was my two cents in Wentz. Thank you guys for your input as well. Uh, we're going to head into the NFL scores now. Um, we, uh, we had a game on Thursday night where the Bengals kicked their way to victory against the Dolphins. Uh, complete defensive domination. Um but uh, not much in the way of offense once they got down close to the close to the end zone. No, um, man, the Cincinnati Bengals have been have been struggling that. But yeah, my, Miami Miami did have uh, that score early on, um, and they just couldn't do anything because of Cincinnati defensively. But then when Cincinnati gets the ball again, they get down there, they can't do a lot. They kick, 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 uh, and it's so frustrating for the Bengals and you know their fans it's just so frustrating and you hear it year after year that they can't do anything in the red zone you know right and um oh i mean we've been down there during games
times that they've had yeah. that problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been there. We've been there for this. Uh, I was there a few years ago for uh, Patriots were there, and it was gosh, it was a thirteen to six uh, a win, and the Bengals they got down there quite a bit, and it took a lot of tries when they did get in. Yeah. To get in Turnovers, field goals, yeah, yeah, all sorts of issues down there. Yeah, I don't get what it is. Yeah. Um, NFL went back across the pond this week, uh, taking the international series back to Wembley Stadium, uh, where the Jaguars defeated the Colts 30-27. to uh, Blake Bortles had three touchdowns. Andrew Luck was sacked six times, but did have two nice touchdown passes to Dorsett and Hilton. Um, is... Is Indy's goose is cooked? I mean, oh, no, are they... no. Um, I think it's just that the Jaguars are finally starting to put everything together in one game. They get the offense going. They get the defense going. And they're not a bad team. They've just played a couple of half games against better opponents, and they just end up on the short side. So you think Indy's problems are correctable? I think so. I think they need to... Uh, well, obviously the injuries do not help, um, but I think they can turn it around. They can get right back in it. I'm a little more pessimistic on Indy's chances, uh, just because we've I've I've been paying a lot more attention to him since Andrew Luck came in, right? And and watch him every year here, and we've talked about Pagano being on the hot seat every every single year, and I think he still is. Um, and yes, Indy's had a ton of injuries, but so have a lot of other teams, a lot of other teams that have won, and it's it, it really is frustrating to watch the Colts play like this year after year and have this start. You really expect one of these years for them to come out and just be a dominant team, um, but Every week we're like guessing what they're going to do. Uh, and again, you know, Pagano's still on the hot seat. We, yeah. He just constantly is. Well, I, th- I think uh, if they continue like this this year and end up with four wins through the halfway point or less, uh, I think it's time to think about a change and maybe bring in somebody else. Yeah, it really does hurt to watch Andrew Luck, though, um, struggle because of his line, uh, a player of that quality that can really prosper if he just had a little bit more time. Um, it does get frustrating to watch when you, when his team around him, the defense, the offensive line is letting him down um, and really holding him back from his potential. Yeah, a lot of it is that offensive line. It is one of the worst lines in all of football. It's, it is very offensive. They, you know, they, they haven't been spending the, the top picks on it. They haven't been aggressive in free agency or anything like that to help build and there have been tons of guys that they could have that they could have gotten throughout the draft of free agency that they're just not pulling the trigger for whatever reason i don't know if their front office knows something these other teams don't but obviously not because they're letting defenders through every other play i mean you know like i said luck was sacked six times Mm -hmm. and he's going to keep getting hurt if they don't put that line up there i mean he's been hurt in the past he's going to get hurt again if they don't address that line and what happens when luck is hurt you're right back to where they were when they drafted him and this time you don't even have matt hasselbeck to guide you to uh cheap wins scott Scott tolson i only know that because he's a quarterback scott tolson that's the only reason i know that um so good luck on the flip side of that we you know we think any might be able to recover maybe not uh houston seems to be running away with that division already three and one everyone else is one and three they beat the tennessee titans 27 to 20 yesterday marcus Mariota, uh Rough day, 44% completions, uh, interception. DeMarco Murray was a highlight, 95 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Will Fuller, uh, as I said, is having a pretty good year so far, 81 receiving yards and a touchdown, and he had a 67-yard punt return for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Uh, So things seem to be clicking for them. They're doing all right, uh, but... 
as we teased over on the social media accounts, uh, they did lose J.J. Watt for the season. Uh, are they going to be able to keep up this defensive effort without him? Well, I, I, I hesitate to call it a defensive effort when you let the Titans score 20 points. Um, the question is, can their offense keep up with what their defense is allowing? If they can score at a, at, at a clip consistent with the amount of points that uh, the other team is going to score every week, then they'll do just fine. And uh, as we saw in that in that uh, Patriots game last week, uh, it, it didn't work out for them. They're going to have to play better against the better defenses in the league in order to go anywhere. I think Osweiler's shown us exactly what we expected from him. Uh, solid, not stellar, uh, not worth the money that they paid him. Yeah, not worth the money, but, um, we're, you know, they are three and one and we are going to see where this goes and like, maybe he'll end up being worth some of the money. Um, like I honestly didn't expect, uh, Houston to be super successful, but then I get, then again, I look at the division that they're in and I'm thinking like, okay, there are a lot of wins there that you're going to get from division opponents alone, just because you've got such weak teams. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, you're looking at. But four four wins outside of the division to get you to ten, and that's yeah. going to get you a playoff spot in the AFC this year. So yeah, yeah, I expect I actually now now I do expect them uh, to be there. Like I expect them to, to see them there. Um, yeah, I don't know Brock Osweiler. That that was unfortunately that was one of the biggest highlights of the the um, postseason, the off season, uh, which made it kind of dull. Yeah, uh, <laughs> because if you know the Brock Osweiler sweepstakes is all you have to look look for, forward to, and and as far as being excited about player movement and stuff like that, which we we always are in the offseason. Yeah. Well, I, I always like to see the players that kind of sit still and just stay put and, you know, maybe take less money. Yeah. Uh, but you're playing for a team that you want to take to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Unfortunately, he couldn't do that with, with the Broncos just pretty much moving on from him, despite the, the number of, of good games he had for them there. Uh, it seems to have paid off for them. They've got two solid quarterbacks, uh, both played yesterday. We'll get to that game a little bit later. Uh, we'll jump right into uh, Atlanta 48, Carolina 33. <laughs> um, yeah. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones went off yeah they lost their minds 503 yards four touchdowns for matt ryan 300 of those yards to julio jones only one touchdown how do you get 300 yards and only one touchdown i don't you ran the field three times when when i watched uh calvin johnson come what four or five yards away from the receiving the receiving record against dallas that one year uh, i don't believe he caught very many touchdowns either but you know right yeah yeah they get down there but atlanta has a good run game too so they get down there and then they just they can just crash it in yeah, there. Yeah, uh, Devonta Freeman and uh-huh. um, he'll run all, Yeah, he'll yeah. they'll run all over you. Yeah, no, definitely good good running team down there. Uh, but yeah, I, they just just took it to the Panthers, who are yeah. now one and three, yeah. and uh, possibly without their reigning MVP superstar quarterback for a little while. Yep, he got his um, bell rung. Newton threw two interceptions uh, yesterday and poor performance all around. But yeah, the the big moment in the game. Uh, Carolina's trying to mount a comeback, score a touchdown, and they're going in for two. Uh, Cam Newton starts to kind of hot dog it into the end zone as if he was walking in with nobody around him and gets lit up. Um, helmet to helmet, but the good kind of helmet to helmet, the one where the player's looking at you. Yeah. Um, so no, you know, no flags, no fines, nothing, right, nothing to worry about there. Um, a concussion is not a concussion if you're looking at the guy. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but it, it, and it wasn't an illegal hit. The guy, the guy lined it up perfectly. It just, the way Cam was running in the end zone, it dropped his, you know, dropped his head a little bit and got nailed. But I mean, is 
this is a, this is part of why a lot of people don't like Cam Newton it's, is him being a hot dog, and they were they yeah. were losing by two scores, and yeah. he's he's hot dogging it on a two point conversion. Yeah, it's still the maturity issue that we were worried about two years ago before the the run to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, he would he did a Superman thing, and that's going to excite a lot of people. And like, I get it. I'm not I'm not exactly against him showing you know his excitement no, and, and all that stuff because like like we talked about last week, like you can't tell you can't tell these pro athletes really how to express themselves. So, right. But um but right now I mean you would think after the Super Bowl and how disastrous that was after week 1 with the you know the, the rematch uh and how disastrous that was and now you know coming into uh this week's the, the record that they had this week you would expect them to like be more focused on okay let's just get some wins here you guys because Atlanta is doing so well it's not like they have any other competition at division cuz the Saints and the and the Bucks are terrible but um you have Cam Newton uh, back to his old self of like, hey, guys, look at me. And then he gets wrecked for it. If he was more concerned with scoring and winning uh, than looking cool, maybe maybe that wouldn't happen. Well, and and that's the thing. you you I, I don't know if I've ever seen him on the sideline looking at, uh, at one of those uh, – uh, iPad type things, looking over, you know, the previous play, what he did right, what he did wrong. He's not studying the game during the game. So, what makes you think he's going to be studying the game when he's not playing the game? Yeah, a lot I mean, of times, you see him sitting there with a towel over his head, sulking yeah, after something bad happened. He looks bored when he's not there. Yeah, no, yeah, Tom's right. Like he's just, he's just sitting there, not doing anything, not looking at the. Uh, I don't know. Is this a product placement? Uh, point uh, no, right here? no, they don't yeah. use iPads. I I said that because I didn't want to. You didn't want. To say like the tablet. whole thing. I said, well, like I couldn't them. think of the word tablet. <laughs> so, anyways, show we're doing for you guys. <laughs> uh, tablet Bros is coming up, and it's gonna we're gonna teach everyone about tablets. All sorts of tablets. The Samsung tablets. The oh, that's the one they use. The Rosetta Stone. That uh, was a pretty cool one. The Ten Commandments. Good, the original. We're gonna tablet. have we'll have Alex back on that one to do the Ten Commandments. I know he's a really big fan. Oh yeah, but, big uh, fan, big fan. But yeah, back to back to um, sports. Back to General Hospital Bros. Yeah, back, we're Luke and Laura. I, can you believe that Sunny shot? Oh wait, sorry. Ballpark Bros. Ballpark Bros. All right. Uh, so back back into the scores. Uh, tangent Bros coming at you this fall. Uh, Chicago 17, Detroit 14. Alex, what do you got? Um, a want list for a gun and a bullet. Oh, boy. Just put Just me one? out of my misery. Just put me out of my misery. Now, Jim, I think Jim Caldwell's going to go if, if ownership cares at all, which they might not. Um, Jim Caldwell might go. He just doesn't really seem to care and can't fire up the players. Oh, I don't know. Uh, if you saw him post-game... Uh, he was getting into it with one of the reporters. He should get into it with the players. I think because <laughs> yeah. now he now he knows his paycheck might be going going bye bye. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, no, uh, bit, uh, rough yeah. day, rough day for them. Uh, Stafford with two interceptions, no touchdowns. Um, they let they let Brian Hoyer throw for three hundred yards and yeah, two touchdowns. That's... Second straight game over uh, over three hundred for Hoyer, which is terrible because that that's usually Detroit's strength nowadays. Is their defense like that keeps them in games? I mean. Look at the Titans score and how close that was, and low scoring, and 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 how low scoring and close this one was, um, because the defense keeping it in, but then you know to give up that many yards, and it's funny. Like I actually, I actually picked the Lions. I really, thought, I did too. I really thought they'd have a chance against the Bears because the Bears and are so dismal. Right? Yeah, we'll yes. get into our picks later. Yeah, we'll get into it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not good. Not a good day yeah. for uh, for David or myself. I had a terrible. Um, but uh, Jordan Howard, 111 yards, filling in for Jeremy Langford for the mm-hmm. Bears. It was a huge. Huge, huge uh, boost for them offensively. Um, 
uh, both of these teams one and three in a division that's got the three and zero Vikings playing tonight uh, against the Giants and the three and one Packers who are on a bye this week. Uh, is time up for them in this division? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're a quarter into the season. I'm going to ask this question about a lot of these teams. Is yeah. time up? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're done. They're, they're both no, done. Both teams. Yeah, both teams are just done. All right. Yeah. You, I don't think they ever weren't done. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they done. were done. They were done before the season started, but now, um, you know, they got to go through the motions and show us that they're done. Right. Yeah. Uh, with actual losses. And I mean, you, you look at you, uh, David said that uh, the Lions d- tend to have a, a strong defense, but you look at the Vikings defense and the Packers defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Packers, I think, are allowing 44 yards a game to running they backs. Are, yeah, it's uh, first in the NFL by quite a bit, by 30 yards over the second place team. Right. Um, and they are allowing 1.7 yards per rush, I believe I heard the other day, uh, which uh, the lowest... The lowest the team has ever allowed is uh, 1.8 per rush over over the course of a season. Um, so yeah, you got two stellar defenses in that division already, and yeah, the Lions. I mean, they're they're a good defense. They only you know they held the Bears to only 17 points, and but it's just not good enough in a division like that. So um, big big shocker in Foxborough yesterday. Uh, all three of us got this game wrong. Uh, Buffalo 16, New England 0. Yeah, what the heck was that? big goose egg. First time they'd been shut out at home since 1993. To put that in perspective, Alex, how old were you in 1993? Yeah, do you remember the Patriots in 93? Negative 2. There you you have it. (laughs) um, Drew Bledsoe was a rookie for the Patriots in 1993. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was famously replaced by Tom Brady. Um, Clinton was uh, barely into his first uh, term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the golf war was barely over. Uh, Yugoslavia I, still had a lot going on. I was a first grader. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a while. They've been um, good at home for a long time, for Alex's entire life. Yes. And this, I mean, this guy's married, has a kid. Yeah, it's <laughs> rough day for them yesterday. The the Buffalo defense just would not let them get anything going. They, no. they started Brissett at quarterback. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was inactive. Um and uh, they will get Tom Brady back after the bye week. Uh, they'll be in Cleveland. Um, but their defense allowed Tyrod Taylor to complete 69% of his passes for 246 yards and a touchdown and let uh, LaShawn McCoy run for 108 yards and a touchdown. So just a poor effort all over by New England yesterday. They kind of deserve to be shut out. Well, uh, their their defense is not generally regarded as their strong point. And when you when your strong point is suspended and you're down to your rookie third-string quarterback who I heard needed surgery, but I guess not, uh, I guess you're not going to do so well. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, hey, they went they went 3-1 and one without, without Tom Brady, and, you know, one of those games was, you know, taking Houston out to the woodshed. So it's not like they performed poorly having to start these guys, so... Uh, their their defense is good enough. Um, they they're good for sacks and opportunistic turnovers. Yeah, um, I mean anybody is if you have a ball thrown at you, you're, right. you're probably gonna catch it. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's kind of funny like the conversation how how it sort of um, we were all we we're all over uh, you know Belichick again and yeah he's he's a Hall of Fame coach. I mean nobody's gonna deny uh, Belichick's skill. I know there's a lot of people right now screaming cheaters, 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 and like yeah I get that too. But like cheating aside, he's uh, he's still uh, an amazing coach. Uh, he's a football and, genius. And so you know after after the three and oh after the three and oh start with the 
two backup quarterbacks. Um, you know, we kept saying like, "How's he do it? How's he do it?" Like, "Oh, he's so you know, he's so great." And then they lose this game, and then you know what happens to the the conversation there? Like, okay, you're you're at that high. You know, everybody's at that high of saying like, "Wow, this is amazing that he's coaching this way." And then uh, then you have this shutout at home against the Ryan's. Even with that, I mean, three and one without Brady. Uh, shutout aside, that's yeah, it's still, still amazing. Tremendous. Yeah. Like, without your I think, superstar right. Hall of Fame so quarterback, just, I just wonder like what then you know what do we what do we say then about this one game this fourth right. game regarding Belichick well, I, I think the fact that they they made it 3 and 0 uh and they had to play one of those games without Jimmy Garoppolo yeah he uh i think he is every bit as good as Tom Brady uh not Whoa. not Tom Brady in his prime I, i'm talking today's Tom Brady Tom hates Tom Brady just to put that out there no i i don't hate Tom Brady i hate the patriots and he's on the patriots I love Tom Brady enough to make up for your hate, though, so don't worry. All right, that, that's that's the okay. whole reason we brought Alex in today. Balance. Yeah, I, uh, it's it's funny. I I mean, I picked uh, I picked the Bills to score sixteen, but uh, I didn't I didn't pick you know the Patriots Nailed to score it. zero. Yeah, right on the money. Oh, uh, so a uh, couple games that uh, that we all got right. I'm not gonna go too far into these. I'll just give you guys the scores and a couple stats. A uh, couple games where it went as we expected. Seattle 27, New York 17. Russell Wilson 309 yards, three touchdowns. Jimmy Graham 113 yards. Ryan Fitzpatrick three more interceptions, sacked four times. Brandon Marshall had 89 yards and a touchdown. Uh, also, we had Washington 31, Cleveland 20. Kirk Cousins 77.8 completion percent, three touchdowns. Jordan Reed two touchdowns. Matt Jones at 117 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, for Cleveland, Cody Kessler 70% completion percentage, so a uh, pretty good number there. Uh, Isaiah Crowell 112 yards, one touchdown. And Terrell Pryor had 46 yards, but got his first NFL receiving touchdown, so a big day for him. Um, Hopping along down to Baltimore, uh, Oakland beat the Ravens 28-27. Uh, wild, wild finish in this one. Uh, David Carr, 71% completion percentage, four touchdowns. Michael Crabtree, uh, remember when he was with the 49ers and nobody wanted mm-hmm. him? and mm-hmm. It was just a matter of time until he was out of town. Seven receptions, 88 yards, three touchdowns. He is just tearing it up for them this yep. year. Well, he found someone who's willing to throw the ball to him. Found someone who can throw the ball. Yeah. But I don't like Colin Kaepernick. Not for his other stuff, but for his football stuff. He's not a good quarterback. That yeah. is why Michael Crabtree Lo- did not thrive yeah. in San Francisco. Love him for his other stuff. Cannot stand his QB yeah. play, and that's why he's not a, that, that is the reason he is not a starter. That's why Crabtree is thriving <laughs> in Oakland with a real quarterback instead of, you know, having passes sail five yards over his head or skip at his feet. Um, but for the for the Ravens, Joe Flacco threw the ball 52 times. It's uh, a lot. Yeah, they, they, they did don't have the, a run game. For anyone they, no, they score, did get their run game going today. Uh, Terrence West had 113 yards and a touchdown on the ground for them yesterday. They got their run game going, but he still put it up 52 times. Uh, he did have a long touchdown to Steve Smith, who went for 111 yards. Um, into the uh, later games, uh, Los Angeles improved a three and one with starting quarterback Case Keenum. Figure that what? out. Yeah, somehow um, I look. I looked at that record. Yeah, you know, I saw that. I saw that on the screen, and I'm like, that's not. No, they got that wrong. No, nope, backwards. They, they it's are completely right. backwards. Because shut out. And, yeah, in the we, first game, and we were. Like I said last week, how I was calling for for uh, you know Jared Goff, and it's like. What the heck happened? I guess Case uh, Keenum threw for 266 yards and two touchdowns of Brian Quick against a, a Cardinals defense that was supposed to be good. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they they're still good. It's you know, 
Uh, Todd Gurley still can't get it going, guys. Nope. 19 carries, 33 yards. That's a 1.7 average. Yeah, we're he, did, he did have a, a, a pretty good uh, catch. Yeah, uh, but, you know, they pay him to run the ball. Yeah, and we're, four, <laughs> and we're four weeks into this without the production that we expect from Gurley. Right. Fantasy but they're winning. everywhere. Yeah, then they're winning. Themselves. Yeah, Tom's right there. Uh, yeah, no, uh, no. But, I know. Uh, yes. But just imagine what they could be if, if Gurley were producing yeah. like he was last year. Are they 4 0? Yeah, likely undefeated and, yeah. you know, probably in talk for for some Super Bowl consideration, but as it stands, everyone's, well, Gurley's not working and they're still right. starting Case Keenum. So yeah. um, for Arizona, Carson Palmer left the game. He's in concussion protocol. Um, got sacked late in the game. Head bounced off the turf. Ugly, ugly play. Um, hoping he's all right. Uh, John Brown had 144 yards receiving in the loss. So good day for him. Um, so you got the Rams and Seahawks at three and one. You got the 49ers and the Cardinals at one and three. Is that division pretty much decided? Uh we have our two playoff teams and our two basement dwellers. I think. Or do you think the Cardinals are turning around? Well, depends on how quickly they get back Carson Palmer. And you don't think Drew Stanton can? I don't think he tread can, water for them. He can tread water, but I don't think if if, if Carson Palmer's out for a, a, an extended period of time, if he has the post concussion syndromes and and that, I don't think they're going anywhere. But if they get Carson back, then they have a chance to at least vie for the wild card. Yeah, that's that's one of the big question marks there is what happens with that because I don't want to be I don't want to really be optimistic about L. A. But, you know, it's really hard. And then you look, but you look at the rest of the division and it's like the Seahawks too. It's like, how did they get to three to one? Right. With the way that they're playing, you got these two teams that are uh, at, at three and one who you didn't expect to be there based on what they were doing in week in week one for, for both of them. Uh, and then you got the two, the two basement dwellers and the question about uh, Carson uh, Palmer. We got to we, we have to address this situation right now. Eric, our producer, is trying to annihilate this uh, little fly. Tom may have gotten. It's incredibly distracting. David and I were both watching him while David was talking. It was flying in everyone's faces. Uh, we were trying to keep it together there. We really, it didn't work. I think but I yeah, got it. <laughs> but back to that division. Fly um, killing bros coming it, at you. It, no. it, it sounds like uh, it, it does actually sound like I'm not saying anything right now because uh, there are so many question marks in that division. There really like, are. How did the Seahawks get there? How did the Rams get there? How did the Cardinals get there? What's going to happen with Palmer? Mm-hmm. And then they have a fourth team, I think, in that division. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Quarterbacked by Blaine Gabbert. Oh yeah, the 49ers. Um, they, I honestly 49ers, forgot who it was. Yeah, 49ers close game with Dallas yesterday. Cowboys coming out of candles or not candlestick. It's not candlestick anymore. Yeah, it is. My goodness. Um, <laughs> Levi's coming out of Levi Stadium with the 24 to 17 win. Uh, Prescott two touchdowns, still no interceptions. Uh, so pretty strong showing. Nobody's comparing him to Brett Favre. You know, no. I, well, no uh, interceptions. No, I, I I saw on on all the pregame stuff and all all the bumpers for the game. They're saying uh, 99 passes without an interception i thought for sure his first pass was going to be picked oh yeah that's how it works uh, you know the media is going to jinx him every time but no uh, another solid outing from him uh zeke elliott 138 yards and a touchdown yeah he, he got was... it going yesterday look looked like the number four pick yeah he was great to watch i uh, i did watch that game um, despite forgetting about the 49ers i did watch yeah. that, that um, game one thing that i did like out of elliott end of the game that last defensive stand there for dallas mm. he comes running off the sideline at the it was a two minute it was a two minute warning or a timeout or something he comes running out and is just screaming at the guys pumping them up yeah zeke elliott the rookie running back taking on a leadership role with this team i yeah. really really well, like that, to see that that was the role he had in uh at ohio and that's he was he was there uh you know, guy that gets them pumped up and and gets them ready to play. Yeah, uh, it, it just 
awesome thing to see from a rookie. I mean, even though he had, he may have had that role at OSU, you still don't expect that out of a rookie coming into the NFL, yeah. especially when they're not a quarterback. Right? right. But he just comes right in and he's got that, he's got that skill and that energy. And then, you, but you know, he's also probably helped along by their quarterback. Like you've got a different looking Dallas now. Um, there are still a lot of the same pieces, but between Dak and Zeke, you know, you've got just a total change there now. Like sounds like a show. Yeah. Dak and Zeke. Uh, that you find on the Disney channel. Yeah. Probably, uh, but you've you've completely forgotten about Tony Romo. Maybe not completely, but I know I know that I. Well, there was I, a lot of conversation on yeah, AM radio about yeah. whether Romo gets his job. Right, back. I've had a hard time remembering that he's there. Every time that I see Dallas flash on the screen, uh, you know, right away I see I see Dak Prescott. Right, right. They're, they're up to three and one now too. Yes, so, they are. Yeah. Although, 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 I want to cool that off a little bit. <laughs> All right, let's look at the games. They lost to a mediocre Giants team yeah. that hasn't really beaten anybody. Uh, they beat a subpar Washington, and now they've beaten a really bad Bears team and a really bad 49ers team. So that is true. Let's not look at their three and one record and say that they're yeah. in in you but know it, in the talks of the Super Bowl. Yet. Right, That's, but it's still starting that way, even if it's against bad teams. They did it with rookies. So yeah, they, start, it, starting that way does a does a lot for you going forward. Like not not obviously for your record. You know that's that's simple arithmetic there. But I mean just like emotion wise, you know, and how you're going to feel going forward and playing yeah. the good teams. Uh, that's a great start. Yeah, they're right. gonna they're gonna feel they have a chance to win any game they're in no yep. i know it's just yep. you know you, you listen to these guys like you know like the skip baylesses of the world and oh the, i don't the, the, well, uh, well <laughs> maybe we, you do we might not yeah, but the, our listeners yes may. the royal we but yeah uh you know you've got you got these guys talking about you know oh well, are they in the talk for super bowl contention and every single one of them is saying yes and no. they're looking at you know dak to do all these things as, as a rookie quarterback and no slow down they right. haven't played anybody worth playing right yet, they're so. a different looking team but they're not that right now are they a good team yeah they're probably a good team team this year we'll know a little bit more when they start playing the upper echelon team is jason witten ever gonna retire god i hope not i love that guy i yeah, really do he's been great he's all he's he's always fun to watch yeah a uh, uh, couple a couple of big catches on that uh two minute drive at the end of the half uh to get them that touchdown yesterday going into the break um so yeah another another solid outing from him uh david your saints yeah, what the heck happened there? Um, I, I'm gonna say that they won the game, but I think what uh-huh. really happened is that the Chargers lost the game. And I don't like saying that about teams, but two fumbles and the interception on the last three yeah. drives for the Chargers. Right. The Saints, the Saints uh, didn't win, but at the end they did have more points yeah. than their opponent, um, which is the first time that's ever happened in sports, where a team still gets the loss while having more points. No, I don't know. That was that was an. Um, Gosh, you want to, you don't want to say amazing or incredible because those denote good things. Uh, <laughs> it was a very it was a thing. It was a, told me that it Drew, was a thing. If you th- told me that Drew Brees was going to only throw for you know what two hundred and yep. change and, and have two, two touchdowns and that the Chargers were going to put up thirty four points, and two interceptions. It. Yeah, wow. said, it, Drew was not Drew was not great, and we expected so much because this is his first game back. Uh, and at Qualcomm. Right. He blew up his shoulder. Everybody knows that story. He blew up his shoulder. Saints took a chance. Four years later, they win a Super Bowl. So this was a big moment for Breeze. I, I know it was a big emotional thing for him. when he. I know that they when they got there the day before the game, he went to the end zone where, like, to the exact spot where his shoulder was mm-hmm. crushed. He, he went to that part of the field and stood there and, and, and said a prayer. Um, so it was a huge, hugely emotion, uh, huge emotional uh, game for him. Um, but then, yeah, he didn't have a great performance but you know that's there's not probably not an emotional uh factor there to to his performance
performance. No. It's just, you know, the Saints aren't good, and Breeze is going to have a, a bad game here or there. It's amazing that, um, you know, he had he's had a couple of really great games this season that were losses, then he has this game, and it's a win, but it's not Breeze's win. That's kind of a it's dud not Breeze's, as far as yeah, he's concerned. Yeah, it's not Breeze's win at all. It's not the Saints' no, offensive it was, win. It was well, John Kuhn's win. John Kuhn, yes, professional John, fantasy point stealer. My God. Yeah, John Kuhn with his, what, three touchdowns? Three touchdowns on five touchdowns. I think he had yeah. three carries and two catches. Right. Yeah. Hurt, Saints fans, you have <laughs> struck gold with this guy. Yeah. As a Packers fan, I can tell you, you are going to love this man. Yeah, you'd be out of your mind not to give him the ball with yesterday's with yesterday's performance. But yeah, the Chargers, you know, they stink. What a meltdown. Yeah. They stink. What a meltdown. They fumbled the ball twice there. And those are terrible fumbles. Fumble too. by Gordon, fumble by Benjamin, and then the, the fumbled snap. Um, by uh, by uh, I cannot think of their center's name, but the snap to Rivers that was just botched at the end there turned it into a fourth and fifteen there towards the end of the game, and he winds up throwing the interception to to close things out. Just but you know that being said, Rivers did throw for three hundred twenty one yards and two touchdowns. Um, so he he did have himself a game. Just it big collapse at the end. He often does have good games, and they often do lose those good games right. because they are the Chargers, and that's what they do. Uh, that's by guys like Eli Manning and Joey Bosa don't want to play for them. Um, and again, like we we did call it a dud for Breeze um, for his standards. Yeah, for his standards, it's right. not a total dud because two touchdowns. You know, you still got the one to one ratio there, which isn't total dud worthy. Um, but it's still it's a sixty four percent completion rate. It's right under Rivers, who had a sixty five percent completion. But rate. we're ta- but we're so, talking about a guy yes. that throws for four touchdowns right. a game. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. So, but to to be fair uh, to superstar Drew Breeze, as much as you need to. Be- be fair to a guy like that his two interceptions were not exactly his fault the one was a tipped pass yes which he did force into double coverage yes but he does that all the time and the other one his receiver fell down yeah they're not they're <laughs> not entirely on his shoulders yeah yeah you're right you're right about that but no i I will say, you know, we might have joked around about it at the beginning. No, good team win by the Saints. The defense really did step up in those last yeah, few drives. And that's so exactly what Breeze good team win. Yeah, and that's exactly what Breeze said too. Um and it's it's good to have like again, it wasn't a great game for the Saints over you know, you don't they're not gonna Oh, you give up thirty four points. It's yeah. not a good game for any defense. But, but like it, it's good that the defense has like something to talk about. Right. Because yeah. after all, you know, the few years here where they've just it's just been you know, they've been a sieve, just an open door. Yeah. Letting football slide through uh two more games to talk about we had denver going into tampa another lightning delay uh people just move out of tampa it's not worth it um denver yeah. wins 27 to 7 uh trevor simeon left the game with a shoulder injury paxton lynch came in to throw for 170 yards and a touchdown uh demarius to, uh, <clears throat> sorry you'll get guys. it he'll get it i'm sorry to choke at my own spit i guess i don't know it's preseason um, for us too yeah yeah, yeah. there's second show uh demarius thomas uh 94 yards and a touchdown emmanuel sanders 88 yards and a touchdown a keep to two interceptions against his old team um jameis winston 48 percent completion 5.1 yards per attempt two interceptions sacked five times he has certainly come back down to earth well he 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 really he just looked lost out there you know and a lot of a lot of quarterbacks look lost against Denver's defense well yeah and so 
don't put too much blame on him, but put a hefty amount. Right, right. No, definitely not a good game for the Buccaneers as a whole. Um, not a lot to be said about the game other than that. Uh, you, you know, you hope Simeon's okay. They said he was clear to return to I the hope game he's okay. yesterday. Um, I'm going to be in Denver yeah, uh, Sunday, so right. I, I hope he's okay. I don't want right. to, yeah, I'm flying out there and I don't, I don't want to see. Yeah, we should have two game up. reports for you guys this weekend. Uh, David is going to be in Denver for the Falcons Broncos and there's a pretty good chance I'll be up in Detroit for the, uh, Lions game this week. I believe they're taking on the Eagles. Yep, the Some friends interested in going. <laughs> taking on, like yep. they're going to actually try. There. <laughs> right. Um, so just uh, one more game to talk about. I am not going to lie. Uh, we all blew the pick on this game as far as the points go. Um, I was the only one to get the winner wrong, and boy was I wrong. Uh, Steelers 43, Chiefs 14, Ben Roethlisberger... What a game. Big plays. Big Um, plays. I think we should ask our producer about Ben Roethlisberger and whether or not he played him or benched him. Do you you remember, Eric, what happened there? Yeah. Eric uh, made a mistake. A Matt uh, Stafford-sized mistake. (laughs) Oh, that was your choice? Because Ben had, uh, you know, 300 yards, five touchdowns. I did the same exact thing. I played Stafford because I thought he'd at least put up some offense. Well, it's the the Bears, you know? You think, oh, he's going to throw for at least three touchdowns. Yeah, no, I get it. Ben let me down last week, so I I went with Stafford. But I did start Antonio Brown, so that made up. Oh, there you go. Um, My goodness. The, yeah, that game. Yeah, Tom, we'll just let you. We'll just let you yeah. do this. You had to suffer yeah. through last week. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll just let you talk about yep, the game. Tom, David and I are going to mm-hmm. leave. Are you going to hear for a couple of minutes? Just a series of just wordless grunts while I'm trying to figure out what actually happened. Yeah. So the only difference is that we won't be talking. Well, well, you know. Right. Right. Um, no, the the offense just you know we got Le'Veon Bell back and he didn't really play a huge factor in the first half, but. Uh, they had him out there. They had him lined up in the slot a couple of times. Uh, we're getting our offense going 22 points in the first quarter. Um, and they just, they didn't stop. And then the chiefs couldn't do anything. They, they had so many drives that just ended. Tom's got the, Tom's got the, uh, video going for the highlights and they just showed the Antonio yeah, Brown celebration. <laughs> um, I, I I posted from the Facebook site yesterday, uh, Antonio Brown's pelvis. That's the most, uh, most find and yeah, flat pelvis yeah. in the, in the entire world now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a pelvis that has, had well, that I much. mean, presumably Elvis's pelvis is still in existence, just you know, in his grave. But was but he ever fined or, or or suspended for his pelvis? Because I think Brown's not, trending towards a suspension if he keeps using his pelvis that way. Not in the same terms, but I mean, a lot of people, you know, Elvis uh, got the reaction that you know Kiss ended up getting later that all these other big shockers ended up getting. So maybe, in in a certain way, Elvis's pelvis, Elvis's pelvis, Brown's pelvis. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can compare them to each other. Okay. Okay. Now back to football. I'm sorry, pelvis just, bros coming this fall um yeah no it was just and i actually didn't even watch the game i followed along because i was you know too nervous to watch i didn't want to watch us lose another game uh i followed along on on my sports apps and the score just kept going up and up i turned it off at 22 to nothing and went to bed (laughs) i i didn't watch the second uh most of the second half either uh i was i was following along but i there was and that's only because uh, the game in my mind was over. Like I wasn't, you know, I didn't step away from it because I was bored or had anything else to do. I was just like, well, this game's over. Well, I will say it was <laughs> before before it went final. I had factored it into our picks. Um, 
And so I do have the standings. We picked from from Thursday night's Bengals Dolphins game all the way to last night's uh, Steelers Chiefs game. Uh, we'll we'll restart the clock uh, tonight with with Giants Vikings for a new set of picks. I'm um, not picking. So I'm not picking anything ever. Tom sixteen and three. What? Yes. Tom missed on three three events that we picked. He missed on um, he missed on Indianapolis, Carolina, and New England. Well, um, understandable that I missed on New England. What were you thinking on those picks, Tom? My yeah, God. explain those Explain three. those three picks. Well, I figured Carolina would turn it around. Wrong. Wrong. And I figured that uh, Indianapolis would eke one out. Idiot. I mean, that's only a B, Tom, if we were grading yeah. this. That's only a B. Yeah. Well, let's grade yours. Get okay, let's, let's grade. Let's not do that. No. Let's grade ours. Uh, let's do it. So I came in second, uh, 12 and 7. And David finished one game above 500, 10 and 9. Yeah, I started out the like day half a game above 500. I started out the day kind of bad. Um, I know I knew that I made a lot of gutsy uh, picks there. Uh, do you have them all? Uh, I don't, but our listeners can find them on our Facebook page. Yeah, I actually, uh, you know, picked the 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 Bucks to win. You did. Uh, I picked Baltimore to win uh, by a lot too, and they did not. Um, yeah, I got the Patriots right. Uh, I got Houston right. Um, you got the Patriots wrong. I mean, I got the Patriots wrong. Sorry. Come on now. We all got the Patriots wrong. We covered this. We blew it. Yeah, but uh, you know, I didn't see Carolina coming you know right uh, i i knew that one um but I'm, oddly oddly i did pick the saints you did. and i know that i've been i i said so much crap about them last week and i'm saying a lot about them now i mean they still are terrible they're a horrible horrible team They'll, i still believe this but i picked them to beat the Chargers. a lot of that was because drew was going back i thought that emotion was going to play a factor and, and make too. him explode uh but he didn't so i was i the reason one of the reasons i picked them was wrong and you know and that i don't think that fact but I still thought I still thought watching the Chargers this year too. Like I don't think a home field advantage is a thing for them either. So you know, well, a home field advantage can't be a thing when your home field is crumbling to pieces. Yeah. And I thought I thought that I thought that the Saints were due. Not you know not as far as like who deserves what, but I just thought that they had a win coming in them soon. Right. Uh, that they weren't going to start off 0 and 4. I know I was saying uh, uh, very pessimistically. I'll say that yeah, they're going to go um, 0 and. 21 or whatever um oh and more games than we have because that's how bad they are but nope i picked them and they won right yay all right well uh well, like uh, like i said good job tom uh bad job us Woo. Uh, so now as a reward we're gonna open up tom's bag of nuts which he has asked me not to call this segment yeah thanks so we're not calling it Tom's Bag of Nuts. The segment is not called Tom's Bag of Nuts. We're not going to call it that. It really Thank rolls you. off the tongue, though. Yeah, it, well, we're not going to call it Tom's Bag of Nuts. We're going to call it something else. What is it t- called Tom instead of Tom's Bag of Nuts? It's called Tom's Going to Talk About Something. All right, I like that. That's That sounds even better. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, the new kickoff rule, starting at the 25 for a touchback. And the fact that that's uh, completely changing not only the kicking game, but also uh, strategies as far as the rest of the phases of the game are concerned. Um, I've got a couple of stats here that I got from the Boston Herald uh, last week. Drives starting at the 20-yard line. Um, oh, we've got a we've got a producer override. It uh, apparently it is going to be Tom's bag of nuts. We did it. Sorry, folks. Yes. 
Um, anyway, what do you mean? Sorry. Any, sorry. Go ahead. Everyone's ahead. excited for Tom's bag of nuts. We've got the, uh, there, there have been 58 drives starting from the 20 yard line as of, uh, week three, uh, and 20% of them were ending in scores. And that's, uh, eight touchdowns and four field goals. But for drives starting at the 25, uh, there are 303 drives that started from the 25, a whopping 38% of them ended in scores, 66 <laughs> touchdowns and 49 field goals. So they're scoring at a markedly higher clip when starting from the 25, as opposed to the, uh, 20. And now you're seeing teams that are starting to kick the ball high and short to try and avoid a touchback and, try to tackle the players before they get to the 25 and uh teams like the patriots have instructed their kickers to to do that and it's just really interesting that uh they're already trying to combat this brand new rule that's here on a trial basis which honestly it's probably going to be here to stay um and there are more touchbacks this year than last year it's uh Last year, 59.14% of uh, kickoffs were touchbacks, and this year, 64.5%. So the rule is kind of having its intended effect in that we are seeing fewer returns, but it's also uh, making the rest of the game more interesting by increasing the scoring, which I know the NFL loves to increase scoring. Yeah, uh, every league likes to increase scoring to bring in people. Um, you know, hockey's done it several times, making uh, goalies pads really small. Well, the um, NBA created a whole new shot to do that. Yeah, there used to be just two pointers in the NBA, and then they put a little ring out there, and now we have threes. Ba- baseball now, you know, you've got these mandatory seven- steroid injections. Exactly, yes. and you got these seventeen to thirteen wins like every other day. Uh, that's not normal, but it is now. But yeah, and that's going to pull people in. Um, as far as our, our opinions on that, you know, maybe we'll talk about that in a later episode as far as like how you should change the game to bring people in. But I would like a bigger sample size. Yeah. Like maybe maybe at the halfway point of the season we can readdress this. I do like the right. numbers that you brought up, Tom. Um, you know, v- Very interesting for what they intended with the rule versus what's actually happening. Um, but I, yeah, when we get a larger sample size, I'd like to see what, what teams are, are doing with it and how the trends are going. Um, but yeah, it's just... It'll be interesting to see if it sticks around from this point on. Well, I, I think uh, that the the rule will stick because a lot of times they do these trial runs on rules. They they call them trial runs, but really it's just they're enacting the rule and it's here to stay. Oh, like the extra point kick last year. That was only temporary and then they ratified it to go mm-hmm. uh, yep. for all of eternity. Or like uh, when they brought the trapezoid into, into hockey. Where the goalie can only go geometry bros though. certain places, right? You know, can't go into the corners to get the pucks. That was a trial basis. Yeah, uh, they tried it out in the AHL. They brought it up to the NHL for a year, and that's then what the stuck. NFL lacks is something lower yes. to try these things. Yeah, in. I was thinking that. I mean, they can try these things in in college. NFL doesn't one hundred percent games though. Yeah, yeah, well, the NFL doesn't one hundred percent control college yet, but God, are they trying? They really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, so that's uh, that's Tom's bag of nuts, apparently. And then we'll have a sound effect of I don't know whatever nut sounds like, or just chewing, or maybe nuts falling no, out of a bag. No, no nuts chewing. falling out of a bag. A bag opening. A bag open. Yeah, like a rip. Yeah, and crunch, like crunch, it. and then crunch, 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 and then Tom starts. Tom's talk. bag of nuts. And then Tom starts talking, but then we all start talking. This yeah for Tom's segment. Love it. All right, moving uh, on. We are now we're. It happened a little while ago. A uh, really quick recap of the World Cup. Um, of hockey. Of hockey. Uh, I'm sorry. There's only one World Cup. It's true. Of hockey. 
But yeah, how about them uh, Americans? No. Canada's. No, we're on Canada them? and Europe now. Oh, yeah. We're done talking about America's failures. The Canadians. We had uh, Canada swept in two games uh, by scores of 3 1 and 2 1. Yes. Uh, Carey Price. Yep. My Monster. lord. Uh, yep. 30 saves out of 31 shots in game one, 27 out of 28 in game two. Uh, I know Sidney Crosby was the MVP, and, and rightfully so, but I think Carey Price deserved a little bit more uh, talk for that award. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm behind Crosby's uh, a win there, too, but Price in Game 2 was incredible. Alex but, is visibly cringing. Yes. Well, well no, I was going to even say they could have given it to Bergeron, Marchand, Crosby, uh-huh. or yeah. Price, and right. I wouldn't have been disappointed. Yeah, because that, that whole line. Yeah, that whole right. line was incredible. Uh, two goals each for Bergeron and Marchand. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and uh, the two, uh, two or three assists by three assists by Crosby. Sorry, yeah, Crosby was setting up everything. But what a comeback in game two! Oh, man. oh yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about how just well Europe was playing, even in the first game, because yep. Canada did not have two good games. No, no, not at all. They had two good periods, one in each game. Yeah, well, and even the third period of that second game, it wasn't the whole period. Right. I mean, they did kind of dominate it, but it it. There was a there was a significant uptick in the second half of that period. Yeah, and it's a hard job to um, when you're losing like that. It's a hard job to keep it, you know, to keep going and and keep hacking away at it to get the goals that Canada needed to get in that second game. But it was incredible to watch Canada though. There were there were moments where the puck just would not leave Europe's end, and uh, it, it was amazing to watch. You're, you're thinking statistically, this is statistically improbable that one of these Team Europe players can't get it out of there. Um, Right. Especially when it was five on five, I know there was about, there were about four minutes left in the game, and I was thinking uh, for Canada, who was scoreless at the time, I'm like, hmm, maybe pull Carey Price right now at four minutes and get a goal. But uh, they didn't really need to because the puck was just staying down there in, in Team Europe's end. Well, that's you got to talk about how great a job Halak did to only let in those two goals. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, this isn't to say that Team Europe wasn't playing well or you right. know, that Halak wasn't they're, wasn't doing his job. They're playing wonderfully. It's just Canada. Canada in that final period was pressing them so hard. It was and, like a swarm of bees. Yeah, it was like another gear. And we, you know, we use we we talk about players having having other gears. Canada has another gear we, because if we're going to say that Canada's got so much skill that you could field two, even three national teams, um, you know, the this this first team is is going to just be so good. Think, think about guys that were injured didn't, that didn't participate. Mm-hmm. Tyler Sagan went down with that injury. Yep. Jamie Benn was never there from the start because of an right. injury. Yeah, imagine if those guys it, were there. This would have been this. It still would have been a two-game sweep. Yeah, right. They, they did a two. They did a two-game sweep without having those players. Yeah, um, which is in, which is and, an incredible thing. Well, and without a whole lot of production from their lower lines, right. which are you know they're still some of the best players in the world. Yeah, but they're you know they're not Crosby, they're not Marshawn, you know they're not Bergeron, so they're not playing on that top line. They're getting fewer minutes. And they're happy to do it because it means they're going to win a World Cup. Of hockey. Of hockey. How's it feel? Whatever. <laughs> so transitioning from the World Cup of hockey into the National Hockey League, uh, right around the corner for the start of the season, we're going to go ahead and pull the trigger on our preview show a little bit early since David's not going to be here next week. Um, so we've got predictions for you guys. We're going to do division winners, the Hart Trophy, the Vesna Trophy, and we're going to give you our Stanley Cup predictions. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. Not right off the stick, because it's hockey, not baseball. I do see what you did there. Thank you. And I don't like it. That's what I go for every day. 
Tabula. Right, so division winners. Uh, out there in the east there, I've got Washington's. They're, they're going to take it again. They're going to take the Metropolitan Division easily again because that's what they do. They win in the regular season and then they because blow Because of it. Ovi. And then Ovi forgets that there's a postseason and they lose. Uh, Tampa's going to take the uh, Atlantic Division this year. They uh, haven't lost much and they got that massive re-signing of... Steven Stamkos that, you know, everybody thought he's going somewhere else. He's going to take the money and go to Detroit or Buffalo or somewhere. But no, he stays at home because Florida doesn't have an income tax. Um, but it smells like eggs. And I don't know. I'd have to weigh the two against each other and probably go with the egg leaf. Eggs or uh, or $11 million a year? Mm-hmm. Hmm. You can't pay me to smell eggs everywhere I go. Well, they they will be out of town <laughs> at least 50% of the year. I have, so. I have been to Tampa, and man, as we said earlier, why does anyone live in Tampa? Karst topography. Yeah. Ge- geolo- geology bros. Coming can't up. wait until our Uncle Bill hears this show. Geology bros is coming at you. Anyway, out west, I'm just going to pretend that they're not talking. Out west, we've got uh, Chicago's going to take uh whatever division they're in central the central Central. division uh and san jose fresh off their uh stanley cup loss is going to be the uh, pacific winners what about you i thought we were just going to go ahead and do our uh, all our division oh divisions then then move on all right we can do that david yeah my division picks okay yeah I, i i'm in agreement um with the metropolitan i think washington is going to take that division once again i know the pittsburgh penguins are defending stanley cup champions um I still don't see him winning that division over Washington, who's just d- dominant when it comes to the, the regular season. We look at their points from last year. They ended up with 120 points to Dallas's 109, uh, which is pretty significant. And then the next highest points total was Pittsburgh at 104. Um, and then out out in at, in the Atlantic, um, I'm also going with Tampa. Um, I know again that uh, Florida, the Florida Panthers won that division, but for for the same reasons that Tom said, I think Tampa's going to win that division. Um, and then out west, uh, I see Dallas winning that division. Um, I honestly don't see a way that they don't win that division. Chicago has been, yeah, very good every single year. Um, but Dallas has been on this incline for the past few years with Ben and Seguin. Once they, if they, if Dallas ever figures out their goalie situation, you know, the, the rest of the, I have a comment on yeah, that a little bit later during yeah, my, during my part. If Dallas ever fixes their goalie situation, you know, it just, it's going to be impossible, uh, for anybody else to win that division for a while. Um, and then I th- in the Pacific, I'm also taking San Jose. They I know they finished third uh, in their division last year, but they did go, uh, the, you know, going as far as they did. I think they're going to come back. I think they're going to be better than L.A. and they're going to be better than Anna and that they're going to win that division. Uh, I, a lot of agreement going on here so far. What do you think, Alex? Uh, Alex, you got he's a, he, Alex is a big hockey guy, so we're gonna yeah. ask we're gonna ask him about this. Oh, yeah, hockey as well as golf. Um, he's wearing a uh, Detroit Red Wings uh, sweater right now and a golf hat. So yes, yes, sums me up pretty well, I'd say. Um, I went uh, for Atlantic. I went uh, a different direction. I went with Canadians, uh, watching Carey Price because uh, I was worried about him coming back from such a big inter- injury. He was uh, ship shape in uh, the uh, World Cup, so I went with the Canadians. They were very dominant with uh, Price uh, last year. Um, I think Weber um, will fit in fine in Subban's role. So I went with the Canadians. Might be a stretch, but uh, very dominant with Price uh, at the beginning of last year. 
going into the Metropolitan, I went the Penguins over the Capitals. Um, I think it's very difficult, even with uh, Washington having the same pieces uh, to bank on Holtby being as good as he was. He'd definitely be good, but he was fairly incredible last year, um, and I think that the Penguins have a good shot at uh, uh, edging them out for uh, division. You think they're going to ride that high all the way through the season? They, they could. They could, I think. Uh, like I said, the ca- Capitals, I think it'll be really hard for them to get up to that plateau of 120 points this year again. Um, what do you think will happen with Pittsburgh's goalies after the Stanley Cup that we had with, with Murray there, oh, taking over Fleury's role? Like I said, that's that's rough. And then Murray goes in and starts at the World Cup, too. Right. Um, so I, I got injured there, right? He, he, he did. And then I, I'm not sure the severity of that as of right now, but I, I, I think it's so hard to, to bench someone at one year like Cup and yeah. in well, the World Cup. I, I think it's almost time for them to go with a 1A, 1B situation. I, yeah. yeah, I agree. I think yeah, they're going to platoon this year. Yep, yep, which is so much easier to do in hockey. I know we mentioned this before with quarterbacks and how it's probably impossible due to the market, but in hockey, this is something that you can do. This is something that's been, that is done all the time. Dallas did it all year yep, last year. Dallas did it. Edmonton well, well, did it in their cup run. Yeah, they Red, did Red it. It wasn't effective. Yeah, the Red, I mean, they did it. Yeah, Red Wings did it. Like, Yeah, a lot of teams have done it. Whether, yeah, whether or not it's effective it's a very common thing to start a different goal well it's just there there are so few all world goalies that, yeah you know there's not enough to go around every team can't have their superstar goalie yeah so that could be something that they they start and then uh, go with who's hot if someone gets hot yeah. and, uh, but back and forth other than that so then out west um then out west i've got uh the central i we're in agreement that the stars have the manpower to do it uh, and they should and i and i hope they do they're a fun team to watch and being right on to the Pacific, I went with the Sharks as well. Once again, they're 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 right there every year. They don't usually go for the deep run, but uh, they also have the pieces with uh, with Thornton and Burns to uh, put up points, win big games. They've got veterans on the team. Uh, they they should win a high majority of their games this year and take the division. Um, whether they go deep in the playoffs, eh, probably not. Again, but uh, they they can do it, get it done in the regular well, they, season. They they also they do have a really good coaching staff. Pete DeBoer is there. Uh, he's had success. Uh, he took the Devils to the Cup in 2012, um, and that was a team that was not built to go anywhere. Nope. Um, yeah, nobody. Yeah, I don't. I remember that year, and I was kind. I was kind of surprised when the Devils got there, um, and they were fun to watch when they got there. Yeah, but I well, was. That, I was completely shocked. That was the but. year after they fired a, a coach, John McLean, mid-season because they were so terrible. And then they went. we we see that a lot with the firings in hockey. Yeah, you do see that a lot. You have the midseason firings and a team turns around. That happened with the Penguins last time they went to the Cup. A lot of that in hockey and basketball. Yeah. Very similar the way they handle things. Yeah, you the Cavaliers fired David Blatt. Yep, and, and you don't see championship. You don't see that in the NFL. A, a midseason firing and then a team goes off and wins a championship. Yeah. That doesn't usually happen. No. And much more aggressive GMs, definitely. Mm-hmm. Even yeah, ownership, even GMs will get fired. Oh yeah, mid-season. more games, bigger sample size throughout that's, the year yeah that's true too yeah you know you can tell after 30 games if your team's not going to be in it out of 82 rather than four games out of 16 yep. right so uh quick uh really quick about the division winners uh who do you guys think one word answers president's trophy out of your picks alex president's trophy yeah uh, i'll go with penguins david dallas tom lightning uh, so for my division winners, uh, I think the Penguins are going to ride last year's high, uh, take the division, uh, expecting the lightning in the Atlantic. I expect them to win the president's trophy. Um, in the central, uh, I've got my stars and out in the Pacific, I got the sharks. Um, a lot of agreement amongst us as far as that goes, a couple outliers, but seems like we're all mostly on the same page. Uh, 
So uh, now we're going to go into who we think are going to win the two bigger awards, the Hart and the Vesna. Uh, Alex, you want to kick it off? Sure. Uh, just just one or both of them? Both. Do both. All right. For the Hart, I've got old Patty Kane there. As long as he stays away from punching the cab drivers, I think he'll, he'll keep on his uh, um, his ride uh, all the way up uh, with, with assists, goals. He's got it all. Um, yeah, he really just dominates every time he's on the ice, uh, and he's really the, the key to most Chicago wins. Um, if he's not producing, the team's usually not producing as much. Right. Uh, and then for Vesna, a boy Carey Price, except he, the World Cup is showing that he's right back uh, to where he was before. And You're riding Carey Price's train I'm, all the way to I'm, the end, aren't you? I'm riding it as long as his knees hold up. David? Uh, yeah, so for the heart, it, it's that one's kind of tough for me. Like, uh, I mean, Kane... Kane seems like a short shot, but again, I look at the I look at the players in Dallas. You know, mm-hmm. I look at Ben especially. Um, you know, and who knows what they're gonna do next year. Uh, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I am gonna go with Ben, honestly. Yeah. Just just to br- just to break away a little bit. Uh, Kane does seem obvious. He kind of is obvious, and he's you know there's a huge chance that he is gonna win it. But well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a leap there. Ben did lead the league in scoring two yeah, years ago. Yeah, and, he did. Uh, Tyler Sagan would have last year. Yep. And I know it's not the same thing scoring for, you know, for right. art, but it, it does play a large part of it. And you look at the leadership role that those two players have, it yeah, makes definitely. sense to pick one of them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so I think I am going to go with Ben. I think that Dallas is going to have just another uh, amazing year, this the amazing season this time. Um, and then for the Vesna, yeah, that's... Uh, that's another interesting one too. Um, Holtby was our winner last year. Uh, I, uh, what well, Alex was it you that said that you don't believe Holtby um, would perform exactly like he did last year? I, said, I think he'll be he'll still be elite, right? And on the top of the, on the top of his game, but I don't think he'll have a, such a legendary year like he did last. Well, year. you know, he came, came within one win of of tying the wins record uh-huh. held by Martin Brodeur, and uh, I really thought he was going to do it there. He had five games to do it they they benched him for what two of them oh i'm just remembering right now uh michael said something about one word answers and this has turned into about three. Oh no no no, no just, for just, the, just for the president's trophy oh thank god yeah no we're fine i was hoping that didn't feel good that doesn't uh carry over to this because i'm still talking without saying the name of a goaltender that's in the true, NHL. Yeah. uh i think i am gonna go though with carrie price yeah. um i think he's gonna win it again he won it two years ago uh he won carrie price won it hope he won it i think that uh, carrie price is gonna win it again he was in, he was incredible in, in the world cup uh he's I, i'll i'll say like with full confidence that he's the best goalie in the league Good i think a lot of yeah i think a lot of people will too yeah i mean you look at these other guys like lundquist he's on the decline took rask is kind of up and down mm-hmm. those are past winners those right are, you know recent winners um that i just don't see getting it done sergey Bobrovsky. you know <laughs> i don't see him winning. personal favorite of ours right he won it a few years ago and i don't see him winning anymore. yeah tom uh well, for the uh, for the heart, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Evgeny Malkin. He's gonna have a good season. Finally, he's, overcome those injuries. He's always dominant when he's not injured. He has a full season. He he's fully capable of winning the scoring trophy. He's fully capable of winning the heart trophy. And he's an amazing leader on that team. So you know, I don't see why he can't win it. And then for the for the Vesna. I'm going to go with a guy that almost nobody talks about, Corey Schneider. He is, he's an, he's a homer pick, obviously, but uh, you never hear people talk about him, and he absolutely dominates. He's the reason that the Devils were in the playoff hunt all season last year, and he puts up incredible numbers while... Uh, having puck possession in his end almost all the time because the devils can't 
move the puck. Uh, solid, solid pick. Uh, yeah, not a lot of people are talking about Schneider for that. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I think it's a, I think it is a good pick. Um, a lot of times we're looking at these really, really big name, but where did Tuka Rask come from? You know, when he won it. Where did Bob Roski come from and then go when he won it? Right. So we should be considering these names that not a lot of other people are considering. Well, and you know, Schneider almost took the job in Vancouver. He gets traded away for the ninth overall pick, and he's he he was really good there. And he's been really good in New Jersey. So, you know. Looking at, you go from Brodeur to Schneider, it's kind of like when you look at the Niners going from Montana to Young and the Packers from going to Favre to Rodgers. You just have that solid play at that position for so many years. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Schneider, he's not an old guy. So he's, he's still he's got, 27. you know, he's still got a few years under the belt and it's going to be, it's going to be a fun time in New Jersey once they get the pieces around him to, to compete for a cup. Yeah, definitely. New Jersey is a team that, um, you know, they fall out of contention for a few years, but then they're right back. The cup against Anaheim. And then, like we said, we didn't see them really coming back to have that series against LA. Um, but yeah, the, the devils are always there. And what, if they do make it to the dance, you know, the set, they get to the playoffs, they do have a chance to go, especially with, with that goaltender. But yeah, like you said, if they get those pieces. Well, now, I mean, they, they traded away Adam Larson in the, in the off season for Taylor Hall. So they finally have a high scoring, uh, number one player. They won that deal. I don't care what anyone tries to convince me of otherwise. <laughs> they won that deal, but Edmonton also got something that they desperately needed. I a, agree. A, but... a non-forward. <laughs> That's what Edmonton needs. They need a few more. But yeah, this is a decent start for Edmonton. Yeah, <laughs> as, as far as that goes, they just—it's like they're allergic to forwards. So, or uh, sorry, or it's like they're allergic to defensemen. Yes. Yeah, my brain is. Uh, That's all right. Well, you think Edmonton, you think forward, you just want to put the two words together. Yeah, it's hard to say any other word when yeah. you say Edmonton. Yeah, right. it's a word, easy word association. So, for my heart pick. Uh, as I discussed during your pick, David, I am going with a star. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Sagan. Fart noise. I know he's injured right now, um, but I expect him to come back and have a very solid season for them. Um, like I said, he would have led the league in scoring, I'm sure, if he hadn't been injured towards the end of last year. Um, mm. He was well on his way to it. Uh, he's He is the reason that Dallas is having this resurgence. The energy that he brought yeah. with him from Boston on that, you know, from that trade. And pairing him with Ben has been the greatest thing for both of those players. Ben finally has someone to run with, and he hadn't had that to that point. Yeah, and because of the market, Dallas is such a we see well we we think of Dallas as being such a quiet team. I mean, they're really not. But like because of the market, a lot of times you're not paying attention. Right. To, well, they're, to I mean, Dallas, they're the only team but, down in that area. Yeah, I mean, the closest it's closest hockey. competitor is Phoenix, and no one talks about them either. Yeah, it's hockey in Texas, and that you know you don't put that together automatically. Right. And so you know they're not quiet. The uh, media is quiet. I, uh, national media is picking up on Dallas, though. We're seeing it. We're seeing Dallas. You know, where you when you go look for hockey, you are going to see Dallas right away. So, uh, you know, their their success this year will make them uh, stand out a little more. Right. But yeah, now now people are people are seeing Seguin and seeing Ben and seeing what they do together, and uh, people are going to be excited watching Dallas. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of good young forwards uh, for Dallas. Um, and the defense, it is a little bit lacking and obviously we've discussed the goaltending issues at length, but, uh, their offense last year was able to over, was able to overcome all of that and still, you know, make them the best team in the West. Um, 
And I, I do think that their goaltending issues will be corrected this year. Um, part of me thinks that that is because they're going to make a deal for a goalie. Uh, I don't think they're going to ride the year with Lettinen and Niemi. They're going to find someone to take on Niemi's salary that needs to take it or Lettinen's salary. Mm-hmm. And they're going to they're gonna swing a trade with some of these younger guys to try to bring in someone else. And one of those players that they might target to bring in to help the goaltending uh, is actually the guy that I picked for Fesna, um, Ben Bishop. Ah. I do believe that Ben Bishop could be the first player ever to win the award playing for two teams. That would be interesting. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that the second team will be Dallas, but I am saying that I think Dallas is in the market for a goaltender, and I think that Tampa Bay is likely to ship Bishop out because they're going to be, like I said, I think they're going to win the President's Trophy. They're going to do it using two goaltenders for a while, and they're going to have to move one of them at some point. And Bishop is the logical choice to move, and I do believe that he'll be playing at a high enough level to win that award this year. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good pick. Well, yeah, he's I mean, been solid. He's super consistent. Yeah, and he he often does play at that level, but uh, they've gone back and forth, and he's he's been injured a number of times, and so he's not put together a full season yet. But I think he really can. He's got the ability. Yeah, I I I think he'll do it. And uh, you know, hey, maybe uh maybe Dallas has the Hart winner and the Vesna winner this year. Highly unlikely, but like I said, I think Bishop will be on two teams. So the only thing left uh, to pick our conference winners and Stanley Cup champions. Tom? Um, yeah, I, I kind of hesitate to say that there's going to be a rematch, but I mean, it easily could be a rematch this year. But I, I think instead I'll say uh, it's going to be Tampa and San Jose get the non-traditional market cup going. So who do you think takes it home? Tampa. Tampa. Goaltending. Yeah, if they keep Bishop. Even even <laughs> not. I, I know. I David? Uh, winning the Eastern? Eastern, Western, and Stanley Cup. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I think Pittsburgh's going to win the Eastern Conference, um, even though I've got Washington uh, you know, winning that division. I see Pittsburgh going to it again. Um, they're still good. <laughs> I think Murray is going to stay good, and I think they're going to use him a lot. Oh, they'll get Malkin back. Yeah, and they'll have Malkin, and Tom picked Malkin for that yeah. award, and I think that's a really good pick. Um and then in the West, uh, I think I, I think it's going to be Dallas um, winning the conference. I think it's finally time for them to go to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, between Dallas and Pittsburgh, uh, yeah, that'd be a really great series. That's going to suck in my house. Yeah, it would be bad. Uh, my son is a Penguins fan. My, Michael's, yeah, son is a Penguins fan. I think uh, between those two teams, I think Dallas would win that Stanley Cup. Right. Alex? Uh, I've got uh, the Penguins taking it in the East, um, and then I've got the Blues in the West. You finally think they're going to break through? Uh, watching them, the Blues in the playoffs last year, they they are what I like to refer to as a, a playoff team, hard-nosed, finishing every check, very physical, um, really relying on their, their outstanding defense. Um, and I think I think even last year they definitely had the potential to take it all the way. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a couple unfortunate goals against them, which, which will happen, the ugly goals happen yeah their their elimination was kind of heartbreaking yeah. to watch <laughs> especially because yeah, they're so fun to watch mm-hmm. I, I was yeah. really rooting for them once the red wings were gone even uh, though they knocked my team out it, i was still rooting for them to get there once my stars were out i was rooting for the penguins you know for my son and everything but yeah i, I was rooting for the blues out of the west uh yeah. part of that has to do with i don't like the sharks from dallas's <laughs> days in the pacific figure that out well, um but uh i 
something about the Blues last year. They just they had the makeup of a team. Yeah, the Blues were another team that I think fall off the radar just because, again, because of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what we just lost an NFL team from St. Louis. Yep. Um, and the Cardinals aren't doing so hot. Not that they're going anywhere. Missed but, the, uh, <laughs> miss, yeah, missed the playoffs for the first time. Yeah. Since, or what eight years or something like that. I yeah. Don't know. But yeah, the blue, but yeah, the Blues. The Blues are so talented and they've got a really good roster. We just don't hear about them. They've been slow. They've been on a slow incline too. In uh, you know, skill and success and makeup over the past few years. I mean, they've they've been you know they've been there. They've been to the playoffs a number of years, and and every year they just they weren't able to get it done. And and then they this past year they they got further than they had before. And uh, I really thought they'd be able to go all the way, but uh, Martin Jones had something different to say. Yeah. So who do you think is raising the cup at the end of the year, Alex? Um, I mean, this is this is tough to say, especially not seeing the Blues without Bacchus. Um, but I will say the Blues will take on the Penguins, and the Blues defense will win them the cup. All right. Okay. That would be a fun series. That would be a fun yeah. series to watch. Yeah. It really would. Um, so uh, I do believe that the Penguins are going to ride that momentum from the Stanley Cup and make it all the way back, Yeah. Uh, only to be heartbreakingly defeated by my Dallas Stars. Yeah, so we got the same matchup. We do have the same funny. matchup. None, none of us really talked to anybody, uh, to, to each other about any of this. We, yeah, we try not to for the most part yeah, to I, keep our keep our picks to ourselves until it's time. Um, but yeah, same matchup there. I think uh, I think Dallas has what it takes offensively. Even if they don't make a move for a goaltender, I think... Well, they did that. They did as well as they did with the goalies they have, you know. Right. So <laughs> they could do that again. Yeah. Uh, Those two know, players could have better years and too. They both, that's, they that's both have a history of having solid seasons. Right. They haven't yeah. always been as bad as they are. Yeah. And if coaching can balance those two players, and you know, in that two goalie system that we talk about, if the coaches can balance that, and the player and the two those two goalies can be a little less streaky, then yeah, they're going to be even better. Yeah. So that is our NHL season preview. Um, we will check back throughout the season to see uh, how our division leaders are faring and uh, check back at the end of the year to see if the Stars hoist the cup or yeah. if David and I are dead wrong. No, it'll be Columbus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, we're all secretly just keeping Columbus, you know, uh, hidden here from our picks, but it's going to be Columbus. Exactly. So from uh, talking about NHL playoffs that are light years away to the MLB playoffs, which are right around the corner, uh, we are kicking off the postseason tomorrow with the wild card game uh, Baltimore at Toronto. Yeah, we sure are. And Wednesday, we've got uh, San Francisco at New York. Um, wild end of the season. Uh, didn't seem like anybody wanted that AL wild card slot. No. Um, <laughs> I. Jay sure didn't. I'm having a hard time picking in that game because yeah. I think whoever wins that game is just going to get destroyed by the Rangers yep. in the next series. So um, I do think it's probably going to be the Orioles and the Giants uh, taking on the wild card games. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, you know, I, I think uh, Toronto's got a home game to, to 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 beat the Orioles. I think that they can do it. I think that they have that uh, that big game ability. They can crush the ball whenever they want, and uh, if they can get an early lead, they'll they'll be able to carry it. And I mean a big early lead because they don't like to hold on to those leads. Well, Baltimore can crush the ball just as good as Toronto can. Well, I think I think being being the home team, they're gonna just have that little bit of an edge, you know. Fair enough. And then I, you got to go with the Giants. It being an even numbered year, there, <laughs> you know. Uh, we'll see about that. 
Uh, yeah, about those about those Jays, about my Maple Jays. Uh, they uh, they really didn't want to win. They, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's not true. Every team wants to win, but the way just the way they were playing down this stretch was really frustrating for me to watch as a fan um, of the team. I'm not even a fan of the team, and it was frustrating for me. Yeah, because you see these points where it's like, okay, the Jays just win like three games here, and they've got it, you know. Um, it, it just it seems like it seemed like such an easy thing to do that they weren't that they weren't doing, and they had such good streaks at certain points, especially close and even, and even closer to the end, they had such good streaks, and then and then in this final stretch to just look like you know look so listless again. Um, I feel that they did kind of back their way into the the wild card. Uh, however, I do have them winning that game. Um, I think that Toronto is going to do really well against a Baltimore, you know, at home uh, and all that. Um, and then get crushed by the Rangers. Yeah. The bat flip is going to come right back and bite us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I saw when any I, punches thrown this time? Uh, no, but you're going to see a lot of Rangers flipping bats when mm-hmm. they homer. Uh, and and I get it. There's a lot of emotion between those two teams. In fact, I'm I'm going to Toronto next year, and I'm going for a three game series against the Rangers. And I know what I'm in for. Um, and the yeah, that series is is just going to be uh, awful as a Jays fan. Yeah, uh, the Rangers are going to crush them, and it's going to be embarrassing. And it's there's going to be a lot of humility <laughs> here. Um, yeah, yeah. As far as the other the other matchup, the Giants, the Giants and the Mets. I I also see the Giants winning that one. Yeah. Alex, we're making it four for four on the Giants. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm still over here trying to wrap my head around how the Tigers couldn't beat Atlanta to keep their season alive and then have a cherry game against the Indians who wouldn't have cared. and they You don't think it, the Indians but... wouldn't have wanted to keep the Tigers out of the playoffs just to spite them? Nope. I think that would have been whatever minor league team Indians have. I can't put my <laughs> finger on who they, they, who they are. But yeah, is it Columbus? I think it, I think it is Columbus, maybe. yeah. But, yeah, so that's it's hard to even look forward after having that thrown in my face. Right. But but, uh, yeah, the Giants, uh, they can take it. And then I, I go with Toronto against the Baltimore. So I'm all on my own. Yeah. You sure are. Oh, no, no, no. No singing. This is not singing, bros. <laughs> so that leads us into the uh, NLDS and ALDS. Uh, I'm taking the Cubs and the Nats on the NL side and the Rangers and the Red Sox on the AL side. David? Uh, I think Toronto's gonna sweep the Rangers. Oh wait, no, that's exactly the opposite of what I said. Um, yeah, the ALCS, ALDS, or the ALDS, DSs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, obviously I see the Rangers winning, and uh, I see Boston winning over Cleveland. Yeah. I know, I know that Cleveland has been so good this year, but like Boston has too. I yeah, Toronto is in that division. I watch a lot of Red Sox games. Uh, I was actually at a Red Sox right. game at Fenway this year and they they're just they're just too good and there are times where I'm like uh yeah, it looks like Boston's slipping. This is Toronto's chance to take the division and they did a couple of times and then Boston just comes right back and blows everybody away. Yep. So yeah, I see Boston winning that easy. And then uh yeah. On the NL side? Yeah, in the NL. Um obviously I have the Cubs winning. I don't see how you can't have the Cubs winning. Uh this is a very good year for Michael. Uh, <laughs> we're talking stars. We're talking my picks. Cubs. We're <laughs> yeah, if you talked to me, you probably wouldn't think that David's going to come in here and pick every team that Michael fouls, but here I am. Um, well, with that said, I'm not picking the Packers to win the Super Bowl. Fair enough. Neither <laughs> am I. But, but yes, I, I do have the Cubs uh, winning that game. 
uh, over the Giants, or winning that uh, series over the Giants. Um, and uh, I actually have L.A. winning. Yeah. Over the Nats. I think it's going to happen. I think LA's been really good here at the end. Um, that's kind of when you want to be good. I mean, you want to be good all year, and they tell right. you, you know, when it's good to win and when it's good, you know. But, but yeah, it is really good to win at the end because you are taking something into the playoffs right. versus coming in just backing in. Like I said, Toronto's backing into this. They're going to beat the Orioles because they just, you know, are good against the Orioles at right. home. But, but yeah. Alex, DS picks? DS. Oh, I, I was going with uh, the Cubs, of course, um, and then uh, I was going with the Nationals. Yeah. On the AL side for the Divisional um, Series? That one, I was going Boston, riding the Ortiz finale. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to ride that pretty hard, play their hearts out for them. Um, and then um, I, with the with the Jays going up against the Rangers, I'll have to go with the, with the not Jays, the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. I was I was poking my uh, screen here where I have the, uh, the postseason picture up, just like poking the yeah. Jays, trying to get it, but it didn't work. I don't think you're getting anybody on, anybody on that train this no, year. No, Tom. Uh, well, Tom is on we, that train. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a winner. He's got him winning it all. Um, I, I, I really want to say Cleveland's going to win that series, but they, they had their one little piece of joy this year, and and that's over. Their one little piece of joy, <laughs> and uh, you know Boston's going to take it. And like Alex said, they're they're riding the Ortiz train to the uh, final stop. Um, and then uh, I I have to go with Tex. I mean, there's they're always such a strong team, uh, and I don't think the Blue Jays have what it takes to beat them in another series. And then in the NL, uh, I really want to say that that the Giants are gonna are gonna beat the Cubs because you know again it's because you're spiteful. No, because because it, because it is an even numbered year, and that's when the Giants win. But and their brothers and he's a Pirates fan. But picking against the Cubs is kind of like a dumb thing to do right now. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. they uh, without a doubt are the best team in baseball today, and uh, that's really shocking to say. It's shocking to live through as a fan. And then for the other one, uh, I've got L.A. Yeah. O- over the Nats. All right, so let's take it right into the NLCS, ALCS, and World Series picks. Who you got playing in the series? Who you got winning it? I got the Cubs and uh, and Boston in, in the World Series, and I honestly don't know. Uh, it's a, it's a seven-game series, that's for sure. Um, I, I'll be nice to you, and I'll say the Cubs. <laughs> All right, Alex, who's playing? Who's winning? I also have Boston and the Cubs, uh, and, and narrowing it down is hard for the for the pre-show prep. I was really thinking about it because you like to see the Cubs finish off, a, you know, a good season. You like to see that, and then you, you really like a good story too. So even though I don't personally like Ortiz or anything like that, uh, you like to see these types of uh, big impact players um, that mean a lot to the game um, win their last season. So just for that, sorry, but I'm gonna go with boston riding that train hard uh which means i think we're gonna have a we're gonna have a tie situation here uh i have i have boston beating the rangers as well um the rangers yeah they are just so good but like i said boston doesn't stay down um and then obviously i have the cubs going going all the way and this was difficult to do too this is very this is very difficult series to look at if it were the rangers going up against the cubs it'd be this it'd be just as hard i think um it's going to be a very, very, a very, very close one. And like, 
I I feel like as much as I hate them, I have to go with the Red Sox. I know that they're what third? They're the third seed. Yeah, I uh, so. in the in that in the AL. Um, I know the Cubs have just been historically good. Um, I will not be surprised to be wrong. Is 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 the thing here? You know, Tom started out. We're all, we're all expecting a seven game series yeah, in the World Series yeah. between these two teams, right? Yeah. Tom started out saying, you know, he Tom said honestly, I don't know. And that's sort of how I still feel trying to make, you know, when it, trying to make that pick earlier and still trying to discuss the pick now is it's, you want to, I want to say, oh yeah, it's the Red Sox. It's the Red Sox in seven, but it's the Reds. But then, you know, when I'm, when I'm proven wrong, I'm not gonna be surprised at all. Right. <laughs> and I'm, you know, well, looks like we are unanimous as far as the matchup. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. yep. And I am going to hold off on making a prediction because I'm not going to jinx my own team. Oh no. So he's not picking the Cubs or the other guys. No, I get it. I, I, well, then why we, even come here today? We all know. We all know which way I'm leaning. Mike, we all know what I'd pick. Yeah, uh, Michael's but I'm not going to say it out loud. Michael's 125 years old. He's he's watched <laughs> he's watched this happen before. He just doesn't want to say it. Yeah. Last week I was 13. Yep. Last week we were all 13, 14 year olds. Now he's 125. No, I get it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be the reason they lose. Yeah, for well, saying it well, on the no, internet. No, not you. Some guy named Steve. Only one of us in the studio has been alive to watch uh, their team win the World Series. Um, so I can't say that I really, uh, you know, exactly knows. Oh, except for Eric, our producer. I'm really sorry about that. Eric, Eric uh, has uh, has watched the Diamondbacks win. Uh, I watched Toronto win. It was a million years ago. But again, I'm over a million years old. <laughs> Uh, well, we all know that I, I'm picking the Cubs. Oh, if you put the Stormtrooper helmet that's okay. hanging in the corner, if you were to put that on and say it, maybe it wouldn't like jink because you're wearing a helmet. That's no possible. one can see your face. That's possible. No, so we, yeah, we're all unanimous on uh, on the matchup, and we are split. Two Cubs, two Red Sox. So looking forward to the postseason. I think it's going to be good all around no matter what happens. Um, tell you what, though, listeners, if the Cubs win at all, uh, the show immediately following is just going to be me sobbing uncontrollably sobbing for like bros. two well, hours. Sobbing bros. You know, yeah. if they lose, it's going to be the same thing. No, because I'll do that as soon as I lose. That wouldn't necessarily be the next day. Yeah, he'll sob yeah. right away. Uh, if they I'll, win, I'll, uh, he'll be uh, yeah. yeah. It's he'll be sobbing for the show because he's been sobbing since they you know right. since the game ended, and then he'll sob probably for another three or four weeks. Exactly. Right. So all right, uh, this brings us down to the end of our show. Uh, we we're going to close it out with David talking about one of his favorite ballparks. Yeah, we're sticking to ballparks, not uh, arenas and uh, oh, anything you want. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to, in the second episode, drop a shocker down here. Um, and uh, I want to talk about Nationwide Arena. All right. Ooh. The home of the love Nationwide. Yeah. The home of the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't care what you think about the team. The I don't like, uh, yeah, the team's, the team's not great. Uh, they had one trip to the playoffs and it wasn't great <laughs> against Alex's Red Wings. They got smoked for four games and then, <laughs> but the arena is really, really, really nice. Um, uh, I love it. It opened in 2000. It feels like it's younger than that, honestly. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, every time I'm there, you go there, uh, it's so clean on the outside. It's so clean on the streets around there. There's so much to do. There's so many restaurants. There are really nice restaurants right outside the stadium. Um, the oh, cor- what is the name of the steakhouse across the street that we go is to? Is it Ted's? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that place. Yep. They got bison there. I don't know how you are about... F- I- I'm it's a little- fantastic. Yeah. I- I- I've had the bison 
bison there. I feel a little weird eating bison, and I've only tried it a couple times. But I have a, I have a rule about food. When we do food bros, we'll go over it. Or uh, I'll I'll eat anything if it's uh, normal to do so by a certain you know significant population. Anyways, back to the uh, to the ballpark. Um, now it's a wonderful area, and then you walk inside the stadium and like there's nothing that really blows you away there's not like a big statue there's not like this or that it's got one but, special quirk that i love yeah and you walk in you, you walk in and it's so it feels so open um and so open and clean uh you got you don't feel like you're walking into a barn really like you do on all these right. a lot of these other ones especially the older stadiums um and again about this cleanliness i know i'm making a big deal about the cleanliness um i was going to look this up before uh I was going to look this up uh, and just see how many stadiums I've been to as far as professional sports teams go. And we're looking at about 20 <laughs> between uh, uh, the three the three major sports plus basketball. And <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I've never been a basketball. <laughs> but uh, look, going to all 20 little stadiums, Nationwide seems to be the only one that cares about cleaning their bathrooms. They are very, and, very good and, about the cleanliness. And like... Yeah, you're thinking, oh, it's just the bathroom, but like, no, that's a big deal it's, during the second period when yeah, it's kind of nachos catch up with yeah, you. Yeah, it's a symbol. It, it it's it's kind of a symbol, you know, that they care so much about keeping that place clean and nice and presentable. Um, well, I think they got into the habit of that when they, you know, they first opened and, and nobody was going to the games, yeah. so you know they don't have anything to do, so they just go in and clean the bathrooms. Yeah, it's a beautiful stadium. They 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 have their uh, their thing there. They're the Blue Jack. It's so uh, they're uh, what are they? They're uh, Revolutionary War soldiers. Yeah, uh, um, uh, uh, Civil War. I think it's the the uh, Union soldiers. I think they're are they Union soldiers? Yeah, I believe so. Well, in, any, in any case, they've got this cannon that they fire every time anything happens, and it'll make your heart stop. Um, that's one of my favorite moments. It's extremely loud. nationwide, no matter what's going on. I take I take friends there a, a lot. A lot of a lot of my friends, their first game is in is in Columbus. If they're non if they're not hockey people, I'll take them to Columbus first. And I always have to warn them about that thing. Some of my friends do have heart problems. Um, <laughs> Tom, uh, Michael's oldest, uh, we went there for a game. I had to give the warning there too, like pl- you know, plug this kid's ears because his cannon's gonna blow him away. But it's very very cool. Uh, you know. It's a cool. It's a cool fixture to have in your stadium. Um, it's it really is a beautiful stadium. It's it's compact. Um, it it seats a lot more people than you think. Yeah, that it yeah. would. The capacity for hockey is eighteen thousand five hundred. Yeah, but it it doesn't seem like. And I've been there for sellouts. Yeah, it it doesn't seem like there's that many people. When well, you, it's because it's it's, ca- it's compact and kind of kind of steep. Really, yeah. your view yeah, is kind of um, steep, which gives which gives you good viewing. It does when you have such a steep stadium. Your highest seat, your furthest seats, still really close yeah. to the ice. Um, I and. One thing I do like about it, even though it doesn't necessarily look like there are that many people in there, the way they've designed it, mm-hmm. it sounds like there's that many people in oh, there. Oh, yeah. It's a loud and stadium. They get loud, and they do support their team down there. Those fans yeah. are yeah. really good oh, I love fans. I love Columbus fans. I love them for that. I love them because uh, they are – also, they are somewhat docile. Um, unless, you're, uh, un- unless your team is winning eight or nine to nothing – 
uh, Alex has a story about uh, Columbus fans. I'll let I'll let you tell I'll let you tell your experience there yeah, since we are on the topic of Nationwide yeah. Arena. Good stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I I did go there for I think it was like a nine to one Red Wings victory. Um, did get a little rowdy. Um, we were in the ten dollar Huntington yeah. green seats that you just wait a couple hours for before the game. You and your fifteen bucks. brothers got yeah. a little rowdy. Yeah, yeah and uh, there's some club seats right above those, and there was some beerage dumped. On our our beings, and and you agree that you deserved it for the we, way you were acting. We acted. might have. Yeah. So yeah. you're Red Wings we, we fans. Rub, you deserve it. We rubbed it in a tad. But, <laughs> you know, nine goals is fun to see. see it's fun how many of that. you tore your shirts off in celebration? Not me, because the shirt I was wearing was a two hundred fifteen dollar jersey. But <laughs> that was all. That's all he wears to these games too. Just the jersey. Yeah. yeah. Usually, <laughs> is um, Lidstrom. It's it's funny hearing that story because I went down there a couple years back. I had two tickets to see the stars down there um but i couldn't uh the person i was going with bailed last minute couldn't find anybody to take the ticket so i just went down by myself oh by my, oh we already we did already that. did that um so i'm down there hanging out before the game went over to ted's got a steak uh got into the game and i'm sitting there by myself chilling out in my two seats and uh <laughs> really stretching out there like, yep. <laughs> yep arm up over the other seat well i had aisle seats so i'm sitting on the aisle seat empty seat so there's full an empty of popcorn. seat next to me <laughs> empty seat next to me and then there's some jackets fans over to my right and uh they start talking to me nicest people in the world i'm there by myself you know one of them went for a beer run asked me if i wanted a beer wow um yeah just like and spent the time to talk to me about hockey and talk to me about the stars and they weren't really familiar with many of their players at that point this was uh the first year sagan was there um and I just had a really, really good time as the opposing fan, and you don't yeah. see that in a lot of places. No, Columbus fans are really friendly. I was there for a, I was there for a one nothing uh, Columbus win over Ottawa. I was there for Ottawa, obviously. I was uh, three rows from the from the glass. Um, there was a big, there was a big fight right in front of me. Uh, Yarko Rutu was there. I call him Sharko Rutu because he likes to bite people. This was actually a couple weeks after that 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 famous biting incident for Yarko Rutu. Uh, but yeah, it was a very, it was like I said, it was one nothing shutout. Out, and uh, it was very, very frustrating to watch for both for both fan, you know fan bases. Um, and you know it was crushing to wa- to watch us lose. I think our goalie was Alex all the time. Uh, he had such an amazing game. Pascal Leclerc was the goalie for Columbus who got who got that shutout and uh, getting beaten in such a passionate and important game. Um, I didn't get any crap from the fans. They were really into it. They were really into the game and really into their team winning and beating Ottawa in that way. Uh, that was shortly after Ottawa's trip to the Cup, so you still had Spezza, Alfredson, Heatley there. Uh, you still had Phillips. I think Volchenkov even was still playing there. So you had a good Ottawa team uh, get beat like that, and you had Columbus fans, you know, losing their minds. They were really happy. Uh, but yeah, they didn't give me anything. Anything, you know, nothing bad came. Uh, nothing negative came my way if from I, Columbus fans. If I can be fair, I've been to probably 15, 20 games in Nationwide Arena, not Red Wings games there. Um, and we we do cheer for the Blue Jackets when the Red Wings aren't there. Mm-hmm. And yes, the fans are good. Yeah, I, I had one bad bad experience that I deserve. But, yeah, uh, right. Other yeah. than that, yes, they're very passionate fans. Even even though their team's not always the best, which is good to see. It means yeah. it means they're real loyal. Well, we've taken time to two yeah, well, Devils games well i've been to i've been to uh three total there and the first one i went to was when the the blue jackets were really really bad and it was like i think it was like a wednesday game or something and um there was like almost nobody there and more than half of the people who were there were wearing devil's apparel and and it, it just seemed like a really 
really a uh, bad place to watch a hockey game. But then, you know, the more times I went, the more I saw that, okay, that was just, that was a Wednesday game and, mm-hmm. it, and, they, and they were really bad. So nobody went. Um, yeah, I just pulled that game up on my of the log of games I've been to. Yeah, it was that was Tuesday, December tenth, two thousand thirteen, and the and the the attendance was sixty five point six percent. So yeah, right, it was yeah. pretty empty. <laughs> and and then I'd gone a couple more times, and each time I go, it seems like there are more and more uh, Blue Jackets fans and fewer and fewer Devils fans. Which I guess if you're a Blue Jackets fan, that's what you want to see. Um, and you know, I've never really had any problems with anyone you know, jabber John at me when my team's winning or losing. And, you know, I always try to be respectful to them and it's just a really great place to watch a game. Yeah. It's lovely. I've been, I've been there for all kinds of games. I think I've been there maybe seven, but probably seven times I'm going there actually on October 21st. So this, we're going to have another game report for hockey later this month. I'm going to be there for the Blackhawks. It'll be my first time seeing the Blackhawks. It's the cheapest way to see the Blackhawks. A a team that's been on my list for so long. because I'm trying to mark them all off. That's how I saw the Penguins going down there is the yeah. only way I could do it. Right. They're on my they're they're on my list so long because because they are one of the higher probably probably the highest ticket price still yeah. in the NHL. But I you know I'm sure I'm gonna love seeing them there. I'm really looking forward to that game because I think it's gonna you're gonna have a huge turnout for uh, both fan bases because yeah. Chicago's got such a big base. But I, I you know going down there I get so stressed going to games because you got travel, you know, you don't know when to leave. That's three hours for yeah, us. Yeah it's three hours from here. You know it's two it's two two and a half hours to Columbus from here. Well, uh, then you got the traffic once then, you get into the city that you're sitting in for God yeah, knows how long. You got construction and so I'm always I'm always always very nervous going to any game in any city except when I go to Nationwide. It's also another another feature. It's very easy to get into as far as parking. Yes. You get right off the highway. You take you take a right on the kneel then you take a left and you're there. You park in the garage that is literally across barely a street. You know, it's a street built for the arena. Right. It's a street built on the arena grounds. You just walk right out of your car right in the stadium getting back out on the highway is is pretty easy too there's a couple funny left turns but you know it's nothing different from anywhere else right very very good police presence down there you just feel safe down there and in that whole area inside and outside the stadium home fan away fan yeah i think definitely one of the favorites for all of us so all right. Well, uh, I do have one more thing to touch on. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys listened to Vin Scully's uh, last game yesterday. I did catch it on the radio, um, and the way he, the way he signed off from the game coverage, I really loved. Uh, I have said enough for a lifetime, and for the last time, I wish you all a very pleasant good afternoon. Yeah, it's a pretty great sign off. <laughs> well, class from class from Vin all the way to the end. Uh, yeah. Absolutely loved it. Um, I wish we had a classy send off, but I think I'm just going to say that's it for the ballpark, bros. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you guys next week. Hey, you'll listen to another show on the Four Odd Radio Network. For more shows, you can go and check out FourOddRadio.com. I'm the same.